Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minutes, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. And Kyle. Yes, sir. Latin phrases. Ah. There's there's many, obviously. In vino um, veritas. It, uh, <laughs> that was the first Latin phrase I learned because it was the name of a, a Star Trek <laughs> album episode title. Oh, that? so that's what we're going to go. We're already, we're diverging. Even you had your thing ready. I'm already taking. No, this is good. No, no, so, no, this is good. So, for those of you who don't know, um, before the age of even audio cassettes, there were records. You know, before there were oh, vinyl, yeah. there were records, and so there was a bunch of ones for kids. So when I was a kid, they actually had a record album that was like it was not the original actors, but it was the other actors playing them. And there were Star Trek episodes that would play, and you would just sit with your giant headphones on in front of the record player and listen to these things. And so one of the episode was called In Vino Veritas, and it was about, I don't know, some kind of like a, it was space wine, you know. <laughs> but I, I, was always wondering, I always wondered what that was. And so like years later then, when I like had the you know, access to that kind of stuff, I looked up to find out what that means, and it means in wine is truth. Oh, so that phrase is also used in Tombstone because uh, Doc Holliday at one point is when he meets Johnny Ringo is drinking and he says in vino veritas and then Johnny Ringo answers him in Latin. So then it turns out that both of them speak Latin. Oh, what an awesome pool. That's okay. <laughs> now you're better. That was better than mine. I was just oh. going to go. Ah, well, I was just going to eat pluribus unum, uh-huh. ad a- astra, paraspera, yep. you know, and then I was going to say like, okay, and look, you know, as, as much as people might because of classical education or their reading or other things, probably no Latin phrase had greater uh, impact on pop culture than yes, from the 1989 American drama, Dead Poet Society, Carpe DM. And then seize the DM. Seize the DM. Or or (laughs) Carpe Nocturne, like seize the night. night. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you, uh, you did this. I like yours better. (laughs) Way to go. Nice job. I don't speak Latin. I never studied Latin, but I really love Latin phrases. So I love just the idea of like there's a thing. And actually, uh, for those of you who are fans of the Swatchback Ladies Debate Society, eventually there will come a uh, homage to that scene in, in, um, Tombstone because uh, one of my one of the one of the ladies actually speaks Latin, so she meets someone else who speaks Latin. They have a little uh, Latin off in the middle of oh. a battle. So I, I, I love I put it in there, and it made me so it tickled me so much. And I know it's just gonna ninety percent of the audience are gonna be super annoyed by it, <laughs> and only like maybe like one uh, percent are actually gonna be like, oh, that's pretty clever, and I like how you did oh, that. But because yeah. nobody speaks Latin here at minute eighty one, yeah, um, Iron Man two from two thousand and ten, directed by Sir John Favreau. That was, of course, uh, we learned early on in this show and in the commentary that uh, that was a, a, a observation that Gwyneth Paltrow made that nobody speaks Latin. So they put they thought that was funny, so they put it in the movie. Uh, but it turns out uh, someone does. Uh, because uh, as we're getting into this, we see Pepper and... Or we pick up where we left off, which is Pepper and Happy are walking out the door, uh, leaving Tony and Natalie uh, alone. And so... 
uh, immediately as soon as they don't like, basically they drop the veneer like they <laughs> like. Right. And so uh, N- Natalie slash Natasha says, "I'm surprised you can keep your mouth shut because he in the last minute in in an eighty he almost blew her cover because right. he was you know trying to be all." Uh, charming but annoying at the same time uh, and then but Tony is like undeterred he's like boy you're good you are mind-blowingly duplicitous <laughs> how do you do it and he says you just tear things you're a triple imposter <laughs> I was like that's a great oh, line that's, I, that's really good yeah. I was like is she a triple imposter so she's a person who's a shield agent pretending to be working that she's pretending to be now she's not really a triple imposter well I think what, I think she, I mean, she's all. Oh, I see. She's not only. Is she not only is she not? No, I don't know. Where the triple imposter thing goes. I mean, it's it's a, it is a funny line. I'm just trying to think. Is that accurate? I think he's talking not about really. even like the stuff in her. Um, you remember in her history in her resume. Oh yeah, and like true. all the different things. Which, yeah, you know, we we talked about that in a previous minute. I think it's. I think he's kind of referring to that. He's just like it's not who it's. She is not who he thought she was before he even thought she was who he knew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, I see. Pronoun it's trouble. A, it's a great line. Triple imposter. I mean, it's, it's just Tony being Tony. Yeah. Like, you know. uh, and he continues on. And he says, I've never seen anything like you. Is there anything real about you? Oh. Do you even speak Latin? <laughs> and she does. And so she says, phallus sunt rerum species. Uh, which is actually a quote from Seneca the Younger. It means the appearance of things are deceptive. Now, I can do a deep dive on uh, like what that means, but one thing I'm sure of, Rob, Seneca the Younger hated being called Seneca the Younger because there was Seneca the Older who was more famous than him. And so through, through now, here it is. Thousands of years later, he's still Seneca the Younger, and you know, somewhere in the, in the great philosophical halls in the sky, he's like, well, why I got to be Seneca the Younger? Wow, we this this minute we really got into <laughs> some highbrow conversation. I, I did. I say I it could go even higher because I dug in a little bit because he he was one of the founders of Stoicism, oh. uh, and so I, I, I say I, I got deep and it got to a certain point where I got lost. Like I like I was doing all this research stuff. And I'm like, okay, I took philosophy 101 and that was as far as I got. I have a healthy respect for it. You know, I like, I'm a big fan of the right. good place, which does it very well, but I don't understand the heavy philosophical context. So I cannot give you a nice synopsis of stoicism because it just got, but the pop culture version of stoicism is exactly what Natasha really resembles mm-hmm. because she doesn't uh, outwardly does not let anything show. She basically like lets it, and and obviously stoicism goes a lot deeper than that. But like what we armchair people know of uh, stoicism is basically that you there it's it's very clean it's very uh, Vulcan. Oh, like you basically yeah. don't let any emotion show, even if even if it affects you, you basically keep your your cards very close. And that, I think that is pretty much what Natasha Romanoff does. Like she never lets anything phase her. I mean, right. like even when a giant space worm is coming around uh, to bearing down on them. She, like she, she, her response to I'm bringing the party to you is I don't see how that's a party. Right. <laughs> like, that's like, also, also a great flat. Yes, exactly. But you, know, but, but, you know, deadpan. In this case, though, I think part of the character is, is that look, at if, she, if, if, if the role that she needed to play to do what she has to do 
needs someone to provide response, she would. Here's the deal. This is she knows that this is even more complexing to Tony Stark. Yes. To give him nothing because right. all he does is work off the emotions and the expressions and the reactions of people. That's mm -hmm. his that's his shtick. So the fact that she's giving him nothing is even making him even more contorted. So right. Yeah, which is all part of the plan. Um, so she says, the appearance of things are deceptive, and Tony does not understand Latin, obviously. And he says, which means, wait, what? What did you just say? As she's walking out the door, and she turns and says, it means you can either drive yourself home or I can have you collected, which it doesn't. <laughs> but have you That's collected? The thing, like, the thing is, this is the most annoyed we have seen her because – she was there at his house. He's supposed to be at his house. He's supposed to be on lockdown. Right. And the fact that this is later the same day. Yeah, like, this sick. isn't like he didn't, like, sleep and then do it. Like, this is later that day. She's like, what the heck? Like, you have a job, man. Like, right. And also, your job is to not die. Like, you're supposed to be at home finding a cure so you don't die. What are you doing here delivering poison berries to your ex-girlfriend? Ex girlfriend? I don't know. I don't know exactly what. Oh no! How they uh, not not themselves. ex. Not ex yet. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. This isn't. She's not officially girlfriend yet. Okay. Um, but even even so, still poison. So then she slams. He says, "You're good." As she's like slams the door, and so then he's left alone with the artwork. What is the name of the 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 kinetic sculpture? Do you remember? It's called the Swinging Sticks. And so he then tries to like jam all the stuff on her desk into it to stop it from swinging and it doesn't and in the commentary uh john favreau even says man even the art sculpture is giving him a hard time <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know robert Downey jr's got this great look of exasperation like when he's doing this it's just really it's a fun little sequence yeah. you know where he's just he again this shows that he's off balance yeah you know in in midst of everything else that's going on we still got the chemical thing going on in his body all this stuff is that he just would like to have a little bit of control over the situation, and I think that's actually a really nice little scene that does so that. So this is a this is a, a connection that probably only you and I could make. But I watched him do it, and so Robert Downey reached like lunges over and jabs stuff to stop this sculpture from moving. And I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, boy, where have I seen that move? That exact move of like somebody like lunging with their hand and stopping the thing there. And I remembered it was from the Incredible Hulk. It was when Edward Norton, as Bruce Banner, reaches over to stop the, the like when he's when he's meditating. Oh, the metronome. Yeah, when he stops. Yes, the metronome. and the same kind of thing. It's like a char I mean, it's like a character. It's a ticking thing. It's moving, and right. he reaches over and grabs it and stops it. And I, I was yeah, like, it's almost like shot from the same sort of angle and stuff too. Like I, I it was. It's not an homage. It's right, just like right. I looked at the two things and thinking, and you know, us who have studied these things back and forth, and I kind of went. Oh yeah, it is sort of the same thing. Like two of these, you know, frustrated. <laughs> Stop right. the ticky thing! I'm just enough. Um, so then uh, Tony gets up uh, and then goes with his box of of uh, poison berries and walks over and he goes and dumps them in the trash and misses the trash can entirely. <laughs> like well, not one strawberry goes in the trash can. Well, wait, I mean, because th and this is I've always just thought this moment is one of the most chuckle-worthy moments, <laughs> I, really, and this is saying something. It happens because it's the this trash can is not the right size for the box of strawberries, and it's right. almost like, I mean, what was the intent on that? Because, okay, you could have had a larger trash can, right? I mean, that's prop. Right. You could have easily had a bigger can. Is this just showing how aloof he is, how he's just, or that he doesn't care, or that... 
Because he's made a mess. Now, now when Pepper comes back, there's a whole bunch of rotting strawberries right, on the that ground. That she can't, that she should not touch. Oh my God, everybody! It's only going to get worse. Like this doesn't make it better. <laughs> yeah. What is the deal? <laughs> I think, but I think Tony Stark is used to not cleaning up his own messes. Boom! But, oh, jeez. Right. No, it just—it's a funny little moment that makes you just go. Oh my god! Like I mean, literally, this is the equivalent of you like pouring something out of a like container and realizing like twenty percent into the into pouring it that oh I'm making a mess and instead yeah. you just go I'm just gonna keep pouring until the container's <laughs> empty like I don't care right like uh, because I mean what's the what are you my doing socks are already wet so <laughs> yeah I guess I mean is that I I really think that is such an interesting little moment because it didn't have to be that way you just. It's kind of like a forget this. I don't care. Like I'm so frustrated. Yeah. Too bad. Strawberries on the ground. That's somebody else's problem. Like what? And apparently the strawberries were Robert Downey Jr.'s idea. Like when they were talking about this, he's like, he should bring her strawberries. Like they're going, why? Oh, that'd be a nice thing. He should bring her strawberries. So then they they sort of went, what? Then she's allergic to strawberries. And he brings her strawberries, and you know. But yeah, it was it was Robert Downey Jr.'s idea was that he should come bearing gifts. That's so funny. And then he's eating the strawberry. Of course, yeah, then we yeah, find so out. You actually see him eating one of the strawberries. Right. Um, and then, uh, so then something catches his eye and he like sort of looks over and he sees the model. And so like there's there's the model of the World's Fair from 74. Uh, so he walks over and takes a look at it. And then in a, <laughs> a really clunky bit of exposition, the camera then cuts to the plaque on the thing. And it says, the key to the future is here. And it might as well have just said, comma, Tony. <laughs> so like, right here with okay. an arrow no yeah. there should have been like a Bugs Blast Bunny you know like Bugs Bunny yeah. and Coyote there should have just been an arrow that appears like ding yeah looks <laughs> <laughs> like exclamation point above his head oh oh yeah, that was, it was a kind of a clunky bit of, uh, of editing there of right. like just that weird insert they had to be in there be like huh folks you remember like Two minutes ago, we had this. Song. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't needed. It, that was that really was not needed at all. No, no. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, it was. Yeah, but but still, like we know that this thing is important now. So then he sort of pulls the the tarp that's over it with the right. like upside down logo we talked about and looks at it closer. And then as he's sort of studying it, that's where a minute comes to an end. Um, just a few things to note: there is uh, we get a decent shot of the shelves and everything behind there. Um, it looks like there is a model of a B-2 bomber. Oh, okay. Uh, sort of. Uh, I believe when he's walking across from the desk, there's a... Is that, the, is that where the, there's a stealth bomber? Is that the... Is that's that the, the stealth bomber, correct. Oh, okay, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a B-2. I don't know if the... um, there's a book about the Louvre, um, hmm. the French Museum. Uh, can't really, couldn't really make out any of the other stuff. There's that interesting, very... Uh, like an onyx, a black globe, which, of course, I mean, Ooh. if you're going to be Tony Stark, you're going you're to have a cool globe. Yeah, I could not figure out what the other artwork was. It was just like a big black splotch. I couldn't, I didn't know what that, that was. I'm sure it's like, it has like an actual artist thing, but it's really, really hard to Google search big black splotch artwork. Right. <laughs> and then there if, is... Really, uh, art scholars oh. out there, if, you, if they know what it is, please let us know. Oh, no, I mean, you're kidding. No, you're right. There's this, there's that's a frame like, piece oh, of that's art. Actually a, that's actually a Renoir from the, oh, yeah. okay. No, it's it's a it's a It's a Rothschild. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a... Um, well, who's that? Who's uh, Jackson Pollock? It's a Jackson Pollock. Oh right, you know, one. Company. No, it's too clean. It's too clean oh. to be that. <laughs> so uh, Rothko is that? A, yeah. Is that a, okay. Uh, he's got, uh, and there's also appears to be. Um, okay, I think this is kind of interesting. There's a, a framed piece of art behind some boxes that almost looks like it has spray painted the words. You can't see enough of this to know, but it almost looks like it says UFO. 
which I thought was interesting. Um, and again, I mean, this is, I'm sure there's a bunch of different weird meanings and stuff for this, for, for the stuff that's here. But, uh, but you know, uh, some thought has gone into this. So interesting. Yeah. Good, good on the set designer for designing, yes. you know, a, a office in transition. Yes. Because it was, you know, it's been both of their offices. There. So, um, okay. So, so there's something with the model. Yeah, I guess something we'll, with the model. Maybe there's a, in the model, there's a solution to a riddle. Well, no, it's a key because key. he has to oh, unlock. Right. He has right. to unlock the riddle of his heart. Oh, okay. No, that actually, that's, the, we've the never said keys, that. The future is here. It's here. Oh, In the mind. It's here. I should, I should just note, again, because I love this. I love the sequence, the sequence that is about to follow in these next few minutes. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make total sense, but that's okay. <laughs> because I think it's just cool. It's a cool concept. I'm cool with this concept. It's cool. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Well, if you're a fan of uh, uh, images in sequence not making a whole lot of sense, then a great place for you would be Instagram. Oh, that that's would be right. True. Because you cultivate your own feed and you never know what you're going to get when you go on there. But one of the things you will get is us. That's right. The next reel is on Instagram. We have posts for all of our shows. We have uh, interactive stuff. We have uh, notes. We have, uh, and, and all done in a very nice, clean, we probably not to clutter your feed. Our, our things will never be ostentatious and uh, we will never be annoying. That is our promise to you. <laughs> yes. Please follow us again. At the next reel on Instagram. Uh, be there or don't. But do. But don't. But do. Yeah. I'm of a divided mind. So make sure you'll be back here when we find out what is in the Tony Stark's in there. Maybe he'll do some weird gesturing. Maybe he'll uh, do some scanning. Uh, you know, we're going to get high tech because uh, hardware time is coming and you don't want to miss it. Enough said. Bye. Bye.